Podcast episode 174. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Dimitri. Host number three, Corey. Host number three and a half, Elias. All right. You. That's right. Special holiday yeah. episode. Yep. Holla, 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 holiday. Music? If you want. What are you going to play? What do you guys want? Um, what's that? That's what's that? Hip hop? Is it Run DMC? Did uh? I'm not doing that. Why not? Killer Mike did one. Why not? It's called Christmas Grind. I don't want to put DMX on the show. I said Run DMC. Not DMX. Run DMC. Oh, I assumed it was DMX because he's got the reindeer song. No, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, I definitely don't want to put Run DMC, though. Easy. All right, we can we can talk about this. <laughs> we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this beyond the scenes. Hit him. Um, hit him with a hit him with the interview, and let's get to the conversation. Not the interview. The sponsorship. The ads. Yeah. Oh yeah, because um, hey, ICO is wrapping up. We did our part. We told you guys about the decentralized escrow platform known as the escrow. You only got a couple days like literally a couple of days to invest in this and we like it. So uh, it is the world's first in the world platform for secure crowdfunding with the inbuilt mechanism of the decentralized escrow. And what this means is it gives investors an opportunity to control the expenditure of the invested funds once the ICO is over. So the project mission is to make ICOs less risky in a way that eliminates the excessive distrust of the potential backers to the new startups. And the result that gives a boost to the further ICO market growth. The pre-sale raised over 150K, and you have literally like a day or two to participate in this ICO. So head on over to that website, find out more. Because they're making ICO safer for all participants. That's D-S-C-R-O-W, D-S-C-R-O-W.com. I would like to quickly call you out because you keep saying expediture. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pronounce that? Expenditure. 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 Yeah. 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 This has been yeah. three episodes now. We've been letting it fly. <laughs> Thank you, Corey, for catching it. That's a that's a tomato tomato thing. That is not, not. That is yeah, not a tomato tomato on. thing. Moving <laughs> on. Well, I would like to to discuss a couple of expenditures. I think I said it right. I don't even know how to say it wrong. Ex- no, you didn't. You didn't. It's ex- expenditure. Ex- expenditures. Expedentures. <laughs> Expedentures. Um, anyway, expenditure. Yeah, it doesn't. Even, it doesn't even sound right. 
I'm fighting that. I'm fighting that. I'm fighting it. Fight. You can fight it if you want to, but you're 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 not doing it right. Okay. Anyways, we got some Bitcoin shit to talk about. Or do we? What were we palling around about before we started recruiting? I know that Elias wants to talk about something. That's very okay. true. You have the floor. Okay, guys. Here's the deal. I've been in this community for 18 months. And I kind of hate it right now. That, okay. That's, <laughs> you want to elaborate? Yeah, well, it's not even the community just itself. So, you know, Bitcoin's been in the news lately. And it's pretty much all anybody wants to talk about, like, when it comes to, like, I don't know, fine tech and, like, things you shouldn't do, quote-unquote, invest in Bitcoin and all this crap. And I've found that, you know, some people who are apparently my friends who I haven't talked to in, like, a decade, and they've come out of the woodwork and being like, and they're, like, asking me questions. And I just tell them, just go buy some. And they're like, but which one? Like, for instance, I had this buddy... He hits me up and he's like, hey, I want to know about XRP. I'm like, okay, I don't know anything about XRP. It exists. And then he was like, yeah, but do you think it'll be a good buy? And he kept pressing me to talk to him about this thing that I kept trying to tell him, I don't know. Go away. Go buy some. Tell me how it goes. And, you know, I kind of see where he's coming from because, you know, it's hard to go to like one of the subreddits. And get some information because, frankly, it's lots of shit posting. Circle uh, jerks. Every circle single jerks, one of them. Every single one of them. And they're in- engaged in some holy war between our Bitcoin and our BTC for some reason. I really don't know why anymore. And I don't know. It's just really weird. It's like I can't go to a telegram anymore without some rando sending me a you know, sliding into my DMs talking about some, yo, so uh, why don't you tell me about something about this coin? Or a Discord without the same thing. It's just, I feel like there's sort of an invasion of people who aren't doing their research, who aren't trying to do for themselves. They keep wanting to, like, find somebody and just kind of tell them what to do. And I'm kind of tired of it, you know? Send is that my way? I love that shit. Is, I hate it. Is is that any different than a traditional investing like space? Like, it's no. like people people want to know what the next big like. Do you have insider information on some type of penny stock that I can get into? But this time it's legal, so you can tell me about it, and I can invest into it, and I'm not going to get in trouble. That's pretty much what the like the the scenario that you experience when dealing with any type of cryptocurrency. People yeah, who don't understand the technology want to make money and they look to anybody that's been saying Bitcoin on social media for the past four, four years yeah, and automatically Facebook, assume though. most people know what's up about <laughs> everything. Facebook and they're asking friends of friends. They're asking like my friends like, hey, could you give me his number? Like people who I've known on Facebook, you know, maybe I went to high school with these guys. And they've been asking my best friend for, like, my numbers. Like, hey, like, isn't Elias into, like, you know, Bitcoin or something? Because 
I may not have gotten into it like in earnest until like 18 months ago, but I've been talking about it since like 2013 and 2014, just, I thought it was cool. But kind of my worst experience though is, so, you know, we just had an election here in Alabama uh, for the Senate. And (laughs) I, you know, it's been kind of a big news story right here. So I posted something on Reddit that became a pretty popular post. And I kind of like got in contact with this guy who was like, hey, if you're in the Birmingham area, you know, why don't you like hit me up? We can go canvas together. And I was like, you know what? Sure. Like I, w- I didn't want Roy Moore to win and I wanted to go do some canvassing. I thought it'd be cool. Say canvassing? Yeah, it's basically when you go knock on people's doors and then you try to, like, talk to them about your candidate. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, no, but you want people talking about it. Like, even they're just going, like, to work and, like, look, that's neither here nor there. But um, we're sitting here, we're planning this crap, and then this guy, he's like... Hey, I looked through some of your Reddit posts. Uh, do you mind? Like, can you like give me some advice and start? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, like we could talk about it. And then we talked about it. And then when I was like, but about this canvassing that we're gonna do, this dude ghosted on me, and I felt betrayed because. <laughs> You you wanted to help him with something not crypto, and surprise, surprise, he sprung it on you. You got trapped. Yeah. That's how it felt. Well, my reaction to the people that are like, oh, God, I can't. You, when I say the people, you, is, I mean, we wanted it. I mean, we've been talking about it for years, and this is what happened. So, yeah, but, you know, when Facebook <laughs> got big, People weren't hitting me up like, yo, so tell me about this Facebook thing. Show me how to make an account. Like, how do I poke somebody, you know? That's that's a deep question. But, I mean, how – yeah, yeah. But at the like, very end of the day, doesn't it kind of make you – It to me, it makes me feel like, okay, now I can provide a service to people. I can add value to people's life. They are so scared. To me, there's a way deeper problem than just like people coming to me asking me what to do with their their finances. That in and of itself is weird. Like, I don't have acronyms behind my last name that say you should be listening to me. Right. I know how to handle my finances. Doesn't mean I know how to handle your shit, but <laughs> it does mean that since I've been speaking about it, now I can provide a service to these people. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Is it tiring? Yes. Do I get pissed off at like 3 a.m. when uh, Jackson Williamson from seventh grade basketball court is saying like, hey, man, what about this Litecoin shit? And I'm like, fucking Jackson. You I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. 2018 is going to be going to be worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be worse. But like this is this is my stance on how I deal with all of that. I don't tell people what to buy ever. I'll never tell you what you should buy. I'll tell you how it works. And. And and how that like what it offers against other potential cryptocurrencies that I currently know about. And if I don't know about it, then I don't know about it. And that's that's it. 
I, I, that's the information that I can give. And you do whatever the hell you want with that information. And that at least incentivizes me to figure out more about how things work, which makes me make better decisions about how to handle my shit and where the space is going. And I'm not telling people what to do with their money because that's not something I should be doing. Right. But see, that's the thing about it. Like a lot of times I feel like when they want to know how it works, that's, you know, code for tell me enough about it so that, you know, I can say that, you know, I use your advice to go buy it. Mm, yeah. It's like, I, I, he said a bunch of, he said a bunch of words I don't understand. So that means it's, it's legitimate and I should buy it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do when I look on the back of medicine bottles. Well, I think it's, I think it's safe at this point. It's in my opinion, it's pretty much safe to say you can buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Litecoin, like infrastructure level cryptocurrencies, because they've been around for a long time. It's the test of time, and they're still high risk investments. Yeah. So if it's they can get accustomed to that, you can say if you can get comfortable with that and owning that and dealing with that, then we can maybe talk about other things about these other coins that you're thinking about that I've never heard of that are you know gaining five hundred percent and then dropping to nothing. Like it's it's I don't I don't spend time looking at those things, but it's not even worth having the conversation until that person's at least comfortable owning Bitcoin, Litecoin, or Ethereum. I yeah. I like to I te- I like to test people from an investing standpoint. Like how much do they know about investing? Period in different investing avenues. Like I've really been interested in try thinking about going into real estate, and I had, had a lucky phone call from a friend, and he told me a breakdown about like there's these cycles in domestic real estate, residential real estate that are like eight year cycles, and right now we're nine years on an eight year cycle, so there should be some kind of stupid correction coming, and. In 2008, homes were leveraged at 95%, and now they're leveraged at 97%. Some shit's about to go down. And I was like, oh, shit. I did not know all this about real estate. But like that goes into a deeper question. Like I wanted to know about investing in real estate, so I sought out the resources. So I'll say this now to anyone listening. If you haven't, like, in earnest gone in, like Alea said, do your own fucking research. Like... <laughs> Go on the internet and read some shit. Well, he said it. He said it earlier, like though. That. That's difficult nowadays. Because if you go to like Reddit or their website or a, a Telegram or a Discord, it's nothing but garbage. It's either an echo chamber yeah, or shit posts. True. So where do you find yeah. good information? Right here. Look, I, I know you guys want to like. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know you guys want to like pawn the information. Like, hey, I'm never going to tell people with coins and all this. But listen, people are going to tune in. Wanting to know our thoughts. Daniel thinks, uh, told us in the last episode that we're experts. And we have to start acknowledging that title. I know it's a little douchey, but we've been in the space a lot longer than 98% of the population. And we need to start owning that title a little bit and giving these people a little bit more direction than telling them to do their due diligence every week. I mean, that's why we got a show, right? I do. I am an expert. Yeah. I own that. Like I, it's in my, it's in my job title. But my expertise is not in brand new cryptos that are three weeks old. 
And my expertise is not in investing in fake internet money. My expertise isn't like <laughs> my expertise isn't like like the Bitcoin and Ethereum protocols, how those work, what a consensus mechanism is, like a little bit about crypto economics. Like I can understand a lot of things, but I can't tell somebody about something that I've never researched. I can I can explain to somebody and answer questions about how things work and what possible implications that means on a social level. But I can't tell you where the price is going. That's for damn sure. Yeah, we can. It's going up. For if now. I don't sign any papers. <laughs> for the last <laughs> nine years, it's gone up. True. So, True. What? Next year, it's going to go up some more. Maybe. Or or something goes wrong and it could all crash to shit. Okay. I kind of want that, though. Just so people speak for yourself. Like, I, no, I, I, I don't want some, that. I haven't, sometimes. I haven't bought my Lambo yet, so speak for yourself. <laughs> Look, I think that um, if we do go through another bus cycle, it'll fall to like four thousand, and then there's going to be <laughs> that's no. I like, think that's I think that's too low. I think it's way too low now. Yeah. What do you mean? Four thousand is that's way too, too low. low. Yeah. There's We've, there's too, there's be too much money. Selling. Like that's the there's thing. Like, like this isn't this isn't the dot com industry, right? This is. There's a shitload of like real industrial money flowing into the entire space. And we've seen it kind of come in through Bitcoin, Ethereum, maybe Litecoin, depending on what the on-ramps are from the USD perspective. And then once that comes out, they then further diversify into other semi-legitimate cryptocurrencies that they think will then pay off multiple fold later on. This is and, true. And so what that's mm-hmm. just and it's not like money's moving around. You have a giant influx of money. That's very, very – so like – and you have this asymmetry on – it's way more difficult to get money out of crypto than it is to get money into crypto. And so it's going to – I think it's going to be more difficult to like – for people to take profits and then figure out what to do with the taxation of those profits because those lines aren't very clear. So most people, when they put money into crypto, they don't take it out. You just move it into other crypto. What if, what if the chess pieces are being played so that they don't have to already? We already know Goldman Sachs is invested in Coinbase. That ain't no fucking secret. Like, what if Coinbase choking the game like this? They've got a strong MMA chokehold on the game right now. Everybody sees it. They're a huge magnet. The traffic of value, it's only going to get deeper. They're probably going to be the first to implement Lightning Network and have this super channel where you can do zero transaction fees and GDAC just becomes this exchange of all exchanges and Goldman Sachs already has their money in it. So good for them. Right. So what if the, the chess pieces are already being played to make this shit, the new currency. And we're just in that weird flux of time yeah. where we're like, Oh, fees, crazy. Segwit, yeah, this is crazy. But here's, here's the thing. I don't think it's the moves are being made to make this new currency. I think the moves are being made to make, this currency worth as much USD as possible for, you know, shareholders and for people like Goldman Sachs who put money into Coinbase. They're not looking to, like, put money into Coinbase and then have, like, a Bitcoin arm of their bank. They're looking to put money into Coinbase because when Coinbase goes public in USD on traditional exchanges, like the Dow Jones or whatever, Goldman Sachs is going to make a profit. Like, yeah, I mean, when go, you're wealthy, you put your... Like, you know, Coinbase is okay, but 
all it is at the end of the day is a place where people can throw their money at to get crypto. Like, and even then, they still hold your crypto. Like, that's true. They got the private keys. Ain't no denying that. They got the private keys. They're a bank. I'd say a good 90% of the people who use Coinbase aren't savvy enough to own their own private keys. They don't give a damn. So I did <laughs> sort of agree with that. But, like, you know, I remember my last job, uh, I walked over and I saw one of my co-, co-, uh, co workers on Coinbase. Like, that's just the app people are using. People think when they have Coinbase, they have a wallet. They think when they have coin, they're, look- they look- they're looking at holding crypto, like, opening a bank account. We said that before, right? Or, it's yeah. Coinbase is the AOL of cryptocurrency. No, Coinbase is the Bank of America of cryptocurrency. I don't uh, it, you use Bank of America. I use Bank of America. I don't like it. I uh, use it. You do. <laughs> but I'm saying I like that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like people who use Coinbase think they're using cryptocurrency. They're not. They're using a company that uses cryptocurrency. Right. They're they're not and, using the technology. They're using a company that uses the technology. They could if they took their money out of Coinbase. Does Coinbase do fractional banking? I don't think so. No. Okay. I mean that's I good pay. enough. You know, if I if I deposit a check, you know, I'm, it's not my money. It goes into zeros and ones into a a banking system, and that's that's fine for most Americans. Is Are they solvent? Thing? I think Bitcoin's solvent, um, though. That's the big difference, right? And if everyone took their money out of Coinbase, they could. Yeah. Sorry that's to what, uh, so. I don't want to derail this conversation, but Bitcoin Cash has went up like five thousand dollars since we started talking tonight. Yeah, they're on Coinbase. <laughs> Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. What Man. the fuck is going on? This shit is irrational. Yeah, Anyways. If, if Ripple goes on Coinbase, just like buy it immediately. It'll go up. Yeah. I'm hoping that one that's of That's the thing, though, right? That's a, like, who, what is it like to be that, – that's, that's kind of too much power for a single company to have. It's yeah, – I don't know. It's conduit. The, but this thing, they, they mean, know whatever coin they put on their platform will rise ridiculously yeah. because they are the on-ramp to a shitload of people. And so how they choose to conduct themselves is – it should be, as a private company, profit-driven. Because it's not like they're spending all that time on making sure their shit works properly. Yeah, I was actually looking. I saw that they have like a telephone number for on GDAX now. I thought that that was progress. That's pro- <laughs> that's progress. That's, that's really progress. <laughs> but let's, let's, I mean, let's try and map it out, right? So we got Coinbase and GDAX. Obviously, they're a huge magnet. Now we've got well, who was it? Square the other week was it last month that said, "Yeah, we're going to allow our customers to to buy and hold Bitcoin. Why not?" And then somebody just in our Slack made a prediction that PayPal is going to allow it too. I mean, it's a pretty obvious move. PayPal get it together, but I mean, it's like everything that we've been bullshitting about for four years now is like, oh, this is this is just how we said it was going to go, slowly but surely. There's going to be a bunch of avenues to get into crypto, and then next thing you know, you go to the gas station, and you're like, hey, I got some Litecoin. Do you take it? And he's like, oh, yeah, I got a bunch of Litecoin. Here's my wallet. Here's the problem. There's a Japanese restaurant outside my hotel. My boss is talking about Bitcoin, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, we take Bitcoin. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll I'll send you some just for being cool. 
I mean, it's not an overnight process, and it's not pretty, but this is pretty much everything we've talked about since we started the show. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's, it's true. You've got <laughs> last week. I posted a link in the Slack and was like, "That's a bingo." I don't think anybody read it, but somebody sold their house on the blockchain. They sold their house for Bitcoin, and it happened. That's step one. Next step, somebody sells a few hundred thousand pounds of cotton for Bitcoin. That's step two. Then it's a wrap. Then everything else is just weird and funky until we have more purchasing power than we know to do with because we got lucky and we took a huge fucking risk financially, personally, emotionally, and then we get a huge fucking reward. Bro, I'm not going to lie to you. I have not taken a huge risk. (laughs) 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 No, no, no. I've I've been smart about this. Um, I didn't take a huge financial risk, but I did take a huge social and emotional risk because it's hard watching these prices go up and down. It's sometimes it's stressful, but Um, I'm just saying everything that's happened is exactly as we said it would happen. So, I mean, I'm not seeing any of these price tags of Bitcoin around me, but at the same time, I feel like why would I buy, say, a cup of coffee for Bitcoin when... You know, like the amount that I spend on that coffee could be, I don't know, like double the next thirty six dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, just for the just for just for the just for the opportunity to buy that, you're gonna spend about thirty bucks on the transaction fee yeah. to buy it. Also, you have to heavily incentivize people to use a cryptocurrency because the price gains over the short term are so ridiculous that no one's actually going to spend it. It's like actually, you know, if you're if you're looking for something that's more stable, Dai just came out on Ethereum, the first that one of the just happened. the largest like the largest I guess production of a real stable coin has recently hit the main net. That's something that could potentially start to move. I don't know. There's a lot of weird economic theory that's being played around with that hasn't been able to be played around with yet in this space and we're seeing it being played out while simultaneously seeing a ton of traditional money flow into the entire community. So that then looks like everything's successful because that money has to go somewhere. And when you, when you refer to the value of everything in the space to us dollars, of course it goes up in us dollars because a bunch of us dollars are entering the space. Yeah, but how long does it take before some young whippersnapper in some country with a little bit more to more power than he should have says like, "Why in the fuck am I still balancing these books in U.S. dollar? That shit is going to the basement." Like, I have all of this damn crypto. Is it? Let's just start balancing uh, it in something else. Is it? Uh, a young whippersnapper in relation to did. Bitcoin, yeah. But a young whippersnapper already did that. His name was Jihan Wu. Oh yeah, there you go. I mean, I mean, when you gauge the value of the dollar against the Bitcoin, yeah, it's going through the basement. I don't know, man. That's going that way. Just in case you don't know, Joey, the basement. So, <laughs> should you buy Bitcoin Cash or just let it ride? Well, lucky for me, I had a shit ton in Coinbase. <laughs> I think a lot of people have a shit ton in Coinbase. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, you gotta think about I mean, that, I had, right? I had a bunch in a vault. 
let's let's let's, let's take that let's take this back in terms of like what actually happened on a technological level so bitcoin forked into both bitcoin and bitcoin cash coinbase decided that they were going to give users the ability to withdraw their bitcoin cash eventually after a large uprise of people who wanted to be able to do that but they said we're going to wait until basically January until we give you that option. In the meantime, Bitcoin Cash continued to stand the test of time of not falling off the map and gain a lot of momentum. And since Coinbase owns a hefty percentage of all Bitcoin in circulation, that means that all of that Bitcoin Cash has just been sitting and waiting for all the people to gain access to it to do something with it the moment they give people access to it. It's moving now. That's well, you can't buy any right now because I just tried. From it's where? GDAX. Coinbase. No, you got to go to GDAX. Yeah, they right added now? GDAX. Well, it says temporarily disabled, so I'm sure it'll open up. Man, Coinbase and this temporarily disabled BS. <laughs> you know what? Like, I remember when I first got into Bitcoin, I had two options to buy Bitcoin. It was Coinbase and Circle. I went with Circle because Coinbase had a booty-looking app that looked like it was a scam. And then, like, what, like four or five months later, Circle was like, we're not doing Bitcoin anymore. So, luckily, Coinbase started actually making their app look worth a damn. Their service still sucks. Like, yeah. customer service. I think that I would I would love a, to, to see a study if anybody is crazy enough to go back and listen to all our podcasts like how many times we've said coinbase and then realizing just how many little options there are for everyone well i was thinking about this myself like i tend to push people towards coinbase who don't understand the technology who would like to try and dip their toes because that's the easiest that's literally the easiest route for people to understand to then decently safely secure their own money so they can't screw it up themselves until Mm -hmm. they get a better understanding of how things work and then they can own it themselves there aren't any other options yet that are that robust. Nope. Period. At least for U.S. There customers. Are. There's going to be, man. There's oh, there will be, I mean, for sure. I mean, you can buy, again, you could buy directly on the exchange. Sure. If you wanted to, you know, put your credit card information and bank account on there. <laughs> Well, that's the same. That's all. That's all Coinbase is. They just made. They just made this super user friendly interface next to yeah. their exchange that allowed people to do that, and then they charge one percent fees on it. Well, exchanges are always going to care more about trading profits and saving us money. Hey, real talk. Yeah. The Bitcoin Cash uh, icon in green. That's pretty yeah. nice looking. I like it's that. Nice. It's it's really <laughs> nice actually. Yeah, man. Like they need to adopt that officially. Like. Yeah, yeah, just being like we're Bitcoin Cash, we're real money, we're green. I, I mean, Roger Ver is a, being a super douche, and he's dropping the ball. Like clearly, Bitcoin has a problem, and it's really pigeonholing itself as like this can only be a store of value only because you can't even you can barely move it. It's real expensive to move it. It's basically digital gold, like on all fronts now. Can't it's hard move to it. even fucking move. You can't even move <laughs> that shit. So why not say don't spend your gold, use cash? Like that's yeah. all that's all he has to say 
and Bitcoin Cash becomes just as a thing as Bitcoin is. You said and you weren't more, a marketer. And more and more miners will start joining the flux to to compete with both mining Bcash and mining Bitcoin. Like he's being such he's he's so not Jesus. That's all I'm he's saying. So not Jesus. He's so not Jesus. Bitcoin price took a dump. <laughs> Chelsea's not even paying attention. You just look at the prices. prices. $2,000 is a dump. It'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people getting their Bitcoin, buying their Bitcoin cash or getting it out, I guess. I think you're absolutely right. And I think being in this as long as as we have, I've noticed some cyclical patterns. And one of the cyclical patterns I noticed is like, traders going to trade. You can't stop a trader from trading. And everybody in China... In Korea right now is waking up and seeing some red ass numbers in Bitcoin. So what are they going to do? Buy the shit out of it. I mean, that's just what that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm so, going to need these Koreans to like not pay attention and keep buying quantum though. Yeah, I, 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 you know, not to hashtag. I'm going to post all the tokens I own. Hashtag Coinbase. Put that shit on Coinbase, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm trying to get a fucking boat. This ain't a game. Uh, well, we talked for a while. Shouldn't we go to the yeah. interview? Yep. Yeah, you should go to the interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, will, I will say, though, I wish we could do more episodes a week because we're dropping the knowledge. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I feel like we're around the corner from making that a reality. But, uh, Cello, who's, who do we interview this week? Uh, his name is Gunther. I feel like there's not enough Gunthers in the world. Cool name. All right, go. What's his last name? Last name. <laughs> Maybe there is no name. Sonnenfeld. Gunther Sonnenfeld. There you go. All right. Uh, he is the co-founder and director of media strategy and revenue development at PressCoin. Uh, he is a renowned practitioner in the areas of innovation, and he's keynoted along the likes of Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, and Guy Kawasaki. Uh, PressCoin is using the blockchain in the build-out of an independent media ecosystem. So in this era of Donald Trump and fake news, we're bringing legitimacy back to the world of journalism. In your face. Mm. Spit that shit. Here it is. All right, guys. Uh, confidence in the news industry is at an all-time low. So there's this there's this huge gap right now that we wanted to address on today's podcast, and that's trust in news media. And we've been hearing about fake news, fake news here and there. You know, it's been screamed from the mountaintops all year long, and democracy is failing because of it. So today we have a representative of PressCoin, and what they're doing is they're using blockchain in the build-out of an independent media ecosystem. And their ICO is the largest crowdfunded project for independent news media ever attempted, ever. So we have Mr. Amit Rathor. Welcome to the show, sir. Uh, Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure. Uh, Well, now, a a portion of PressCoin's transactions, they're going to be set aside for use of the Quintype platform, and as the founder of High Order, you actually the creator of this content management system, and it's currently being used by uh, Amazon and, and Bloomberg. So uh, let's kick this off. Uh, tell us a little background on yourself and why 
over the past 10 years, people haven't been able to come up with a solution to solve the, the news crisis, the, the global news industry, the attention economy. What, what's going on? Okay. So, you know, uh, I'm going to answer that from several different points of view. The first, and so I don't forget, uh, the first is the technology side, which is part of what you asked. And uh, the second is the fake news uh, uh, side, which is, you know, not only a technology answer. So we'll get to both of those. Sure. Um, my background, you know, is, um, you know, I've done startups uh, here in the Valley. I uh, <clears throat> have been... You know, my first sort of major uh, startup uh, that was acquired was uh, a company called Runa. This was, uh, you know, in 2008 to 2013. And we were helping, uh, uh, I was part of the founding team. We were helping, you know, retailers compete with Amazon because Amazon uh, then and now is, you know, obviously doing something very interesting to the retail market. And uh, people are struggling to compete, obviously. And, you know, so that was a, uh, an attempt to do this, um, you know, uh, data-driven uh, SaaS solution that would help um, online retailers compete with Amazon by better understanding audiences, better understanding, you know, pricing, better than, uh, basically using algorithms to improve the uh, commerce funnel, if you will, because that's what Amazon is good at. You know, they're a technology company that, views the whole universe as a funnel and optimizes that, you know, funnel. So people are basically, you know, spending money across all their channels, right? Um, and so that technology is just lacked, uh, you know, is lacking in other places. And so we were trying to have that. So that was my background, you know, from, from understanding how internet businesses function and, and, you know, how transactions function and so on. And my view is sort of that, you know, every business is a funnel that's doing this, right? And that's how you know, you kind of make uh, profits so that you can continue doing what you're what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the but the recognition also came um, after I I sort of uh, you know moved on from that from that company was that you know the funnel is only a small part of the internet. There's a massive part of the the world, the internet that's outside your funnel, right? And that's how you and that's where your cus potential customers are. There are. People who come to your online property or whatever it is is sort of the top of the funnel, and you know. You have this entire universe that's outside. They haven't even heard of you, or you know, might hear of you, or they've come to you once, or whatever it is. And you know, you have to reach them. That's marketing, you know. And uh, with transactional systems before, so there's transactions and there's marketing. And today, the internet is not just a bunch of people, but it's really the platforms. These giant platforms that that are Facebook and Google and Twitter and you know these big social whatever aggregation platforms that essentially are the internet, right? Um, mm -hmm. So today, uh, for you to create that marketing funnel or marketing portion of this funnel, the top of the funnel, for you to sort of create a better top of the funnel, you need something. And so that is what, uh, you know, the origin of Quintype was, which is, you know, for you to be a media company or to publish something online, for A, you have to be omni-channel. You have to be reaching every part of that funnel, the top of the funnel, Right. And you have to be able to then interact with your audiences so that you can create a relationship or something that will, you know, basically create a community that's sort of mid funnel. You know, you pull people into your world off of these big platforms. And then you create something there which adds value, which, you know, people like, people exchange, you know, they create a community, 
around whatever it is you're doing and and all this happens online on data driven systems and you know this is where you sort of build your your uh, your new thing and it's a recognition that everyone's a publisher everyone's a marketer right and uh, you know that's really the internet today right i mean you don't know about anybody unless they're online you know even if they're a coffee shop they advertise on facebook or on instagram or on uh, you know so uh, that's how i see the world so so that's quint type and you know from that you know having to uh, we were selling uh, uh, or they were i'm, I'm actually no longer uh, operating uh, per se you know i'm, I'm still on the board um, but you know uh, they sell to uh, news uh, guys and they sell to publishers and that's kind of their focus you know media and uh, you know we've been sort of bang in the middle of this problem of you know as a media company as a digital media company how do you monetize right how do you monetize in the age of facebook and google and all these people where you know advertising is simply flowing to to their coffers right because they have straightforward so much volume and data and this and that and as a brand frankly is you know how do you reach people today right and uh, uh, and it's easy and simple to do it on facebook and all these other places and what is the answer anyone else has to the question okay why are you special and why shouldn't i just use facebook and reach everybody i need to right so mm-hmm. you're competing in the same industry as uh, facebook is you're competing in the attention economy because you're selling advertising so so that was an interesting observation that we had in in quintype which really made us recognize that as news people you know as new as the news industry i often ask people i asked you know i've asked so many dozens of news people over the last 3 4 years you know having done uh, quintype you know what is it that you're in the business of and they'll often say you know they're in the business of news and content and so on and i say i don't think so and they vehemently disagree they're journalists and what not right and and i then ask them how many of your audience are paying you subscription fees right and because you say you're selling content you're in the business right. of content how many of them are paying you for it right and mm-hmm. then none of them say yes and then i say okay what are you how are you making money so then they say i'm selling advertising so that means you're in the business of selling attention that you're selling attention of the users that are on your site at that time it doesn't matter why but it's but you know you can sell them attention units Right, so Makes that's sense. the so, business you're. Sorry, I didn't so, mean to cut you off. It sounds like you're competing directly with uh, with old Bat Token, well, Brandon Eichen is right? Yes, because the new world is not just attention. What attention is, is top of the funnel. It's just something you talk about. It's something reflective, right? It's attention. It's fleeting. It's you know. It's now. right there is no duration to attention attention is now it's very that's why we have this problem today right it's all about what's going on it's very fleeting there's nothing you know introspective or you know you need to slow down and actually pay attention all of that so that's attention right so but we are talking about a world which is real you know not just reflective and in this world you have to go beyond attention and beyond attention means you have to get people off these platforms and you don't it's not like you're doing something special every business does it every business creates a community and every business does something interesting and they make money and so news has been riding off of attention for a long time because it is profitable <clears throat> it was you know it it was profitable because they were in control of their audiences their newspapers they didn't nobody else knew where you live right and they had complete control of that information and they were very very profitable 
So to move from print, which was absolutely locked in audiences, and you know they were the Facebook of then that time, right? And uh, you know they, to move, to, this is just disruption, right? And so <clears throat> that's really all it is. So now, as a news business, you have to recognize that. I mean, you're in the wrong business line, okay? Like your news doesn't make money that way anymore, and that's okay. That's that's just the way. That's the way it is. So you have to provide something of value. Because by the way, news is free. I get it on Facebook. You can't make me pay you for stuff I can get for free. Because that's not news, anyways, right? right? Because I don't think or so. So if I now that's the problem. You have to define news properly, and then you provide something that isn't available on Facebook, and forget about uh, you know uh, you know monetizing it the way that you know they they used to. That's not the business anymore. That's a that's a recognition. It's a fundamental. Recognition that that's the that's no longer a business or no longer a trade, as they used to say, or they say in some circles. That attention economy, that that trading platform is no longer your old advertising desk that you know was run by your print people who now suddenly are digital people. That's no longer true anymore. It's Facebook and Google and all the other places in the world, which has completely automated that away. So it's it's safe to say that social media broke the news industry. Um, well, I, you can say that, but you know, it's also equally true that the non-recognition of their own problem broke themselves. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. Yeah. Right? Just like Uber broke the taxi industry. Whose fault is that? Is that Uber's fault or is that taxi cab company's fault? Yeah, I think it's definitely the news industry's fault. I mean, they should the this, the very second social media started taking off, they should have noticed. Oh, at the root of it. We're just professional social media connoisseurs. I'm a journalist. I'm telling you some shit that I heard and saw. Just yeah. like if I'm talking to Cello and I say, hey, Cello, guess what? Uh-huh. Last week I heard and I saw some shit. The only difference between me and a journalist is that a journalist has the, the pedigree or whatever. But now it's right. gotten to a point where if there's just a... a general consensus around a single person's opinion it's like okay we'll take that guy as fact so yeah, yeah you're right the news is like they they missed out they got blockbuster you know i will say this though in the same analogy that we took that you know whose fault is it now let's take the other pair of uh, actors that you just pointed out which is the the you know us you and i who kind of take people's opinion or whatever it is and the news industry right so if we are succumbing to fake news Whose fault is it? Uh, that's a good question. I would say it's a 50-50 fault. It's 50% the person who believed it and 50% the person who created it. And I'm saying that because it's a really safe answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really safe answer. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's a, it's, it's a true answer too, right? There is no right answer. But I would say that, you know, recognition that, oh, wow, we actually have a part to play in this is also the solution because you don't have to fight fake news. You cannot fight it. There's nothing to fight about. It's always been there. There's nothing special about today's fake news. It's been around forever. Used okay? to be tabloids. Sure. Well, and it used to be pamphlets. Yep. I mean, do you believe that uh, Donald Trump's use of the term, specifically him, fake news, has, has given dictators around the world a license to paralyze the press, in essence? Absolutely. But that's because we've let them, right? See, let's come back to that for just a second, right? Like, we've actually 
forgotten that it's also our jobs to make sure that we're getting news and not just accepting Facebook's feed as news, right? I mean, we've made that choice, right? We've said, oh, I, where do you get your news? Facebook. Wow, okay. Is that a wise choice for you? I mean, you know, if you just think about it for two seconds, you have to be recognition in that of that fact that, you know, what you just said, you know, if people's opinion is this and we take it as fact, mm-hmm. if you just pay attention to that, you'll stop doing it. Yeah, that's true. I think, so, so it's funny, I mean, is that me and a friend of mine had a discussion about this, like, through six months back, and um, what we kind of deduced it to is that, like, facts are too free now. Correct. Like, you know, like, decades ago, it wasn't as easy to get facts. Like, you either had to subscribe to some expensive newspaper or pay for some professional to give their professional opinion. Or even if you take it even further back, you know, you pay five cents for the newspaper, then you got to unfold that damn thing. And, like, you start on page one, and then it's like, go to page 3F, and you're like, damn it. And you got to, like, it's 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 like a little more yeah. work and and physical action involved in yeah. getting the facts. But now it's like, okay, these facts are just being forced on me really easily. I don't have to go anywhere. I just open up a window and here's all the facts. You know, I put, I said that with quotations for the listeners. Yeah. And so it's like <laughs> facts are so free and easy. And so, you know, there's no hard work involved or no behavior change involved with getting to the facts that people just take advantage. And then they're, yeah. they're just lazy. So. Yeah, I mean, it's also in the fact that we call them facts, even though they are in courts, right? We 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 create this world where we sort of casually even refer to them as facts or news or whatever it is, right? With no real, and so therefore, it's really not about. We cannot fight fake news, you know. We cannot fight it by uh, because there is no such thing called news anymore in that sense, right? First, we have to go back to what is news. And news, by the way, in my opinion, you know, breaking news is interesting. Obviously, there's a wire uh, services world that really has reporters everywhere. And that's really a scalable model. And we get breaking news. You know, that's what's going on. It's very fact-based. But that's that's fine. That's really all news is. The rest of it is opinion and analysis and, you know, so on and so forth. That's true. So, right? so PressCoin, how do we get to yeah. a point with PressCoin to where we have this... Uh, let's just use consensus for lack of a better word of yeah. people participating in that element of the news, the element of sorting through the BS and saying, okay, this is a factual event with factual data. I believe this, I'm going to proliferate it. So there are a couple of ways to un- uh, answer the fake news question in the press coin world. One is what you're saying, which is how do you collect news that has been, you know, the chain of, you know, the supply chain of news. How do we, how do we have a publicly auditable, verifiable, you know, uh, supply chain of, of the news components, right? Videos, audio, you know, various pieces that come together, you know, quotes, stringers, you know, real reporters, freelancers, the whole marketplace of this universe. How do we, how do we create, uh, you know, a publicly auditable, verifiable, you know, a blockchain driven uh, supply chain, number one. But I would go further and say, you know, uh, that, you know, we should have a reputation based system that, you know, is also 
constantly tagging these news, uh, you know, and it's not reputation based on what I say or what you say. It's again decentralized reputation, mm. right? Because in the end, like you said, it's consensus. Because let's take a because let's take the you know question of facts, right? All we can do about this world is we can anchor it with transparent consensus. If we can create a world of transparent consensus, that's about as far as we can really go. Because this lets everybody make wise decisions about how they want to go in a, in a complex issue. Mm -hmm. Right? So, for example, if you take just the Wikipedia model, you might say, you might have a lot of things to say about it, but it's a useful resource. I'll give you, I'll give it that, right? My, I love it. It's great. And I'm sure we all use it. Uh, it may not be so true in some sectors and more so in others and so on, but uh, mm -hmm. it is an opaque system. And it's oh, it's decentralized, perhaps, and it's not certainly an economy, and I don't know how the revs work and so on, but it's opaque. We don't know what the uh, audit chain is, the edit chain is, is there a bias, you know, what's the consensus? What is the public consensus and reputation-driven weighted consensus around these edits and issues? And, and therefore, can we see a picture, a cognitive picture around, you know, what, are, what all the various tags and topics and, you know, things that we're talking about? You know, and so to your point about facts are free and they don't have a standing, that's exactly one point in one of the, you know, base uh, structural sort of recognitions. We were talking earlier about, you know, fundamental abstractions. Um, one of them in our world is the fact that, you know, you can't have a, for example, if I'm, uh, you know, reporting about, let's say, what happened in Hollywood, you know, this happened and that happened, versus, you know, I'm reporting in the geopolitics of Syria, okay? This, the information models cannot be the same. Okay, I mean, we have to recognize that there's a difference in complexity and nuances and interconnectedness and dimensionality, right? So mm -hmm. uh, what we have created is a Euclidean format, which, you know, creates a world that has identifiable, consensus-driven, transparent uh, axioms. Axioms are... Uh, you know, Euclidean axioms. For example, uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere increases temperature. Mm -hmm. You can't really argue about it. And, you know, on a reputation system, the consensus yeah. will clearly lean towards, you know, one side. Now, so, so the reputation system yeah. is built on axioms. No, you have an axiomatic system and consensus mm -hmm. is built on a reputation system. Okay. Axiomatic systems are just about, I mean, you have a Euclidean information model. So mm -hmm. an axiom-based system lets you, you know, create a, a worldview that's based not on free-flowing random facts that are just unstructured, but yeah. which you need. You do need to communicate, but you do need to make central points about the universe. You, you might want to say this is, a, this is an axiom because I, it's, it's an observable fact, you know, like yeah. Euclidean geometry, right? It is true that increasing the atmospheric, uh, you know, content of, uh, you know, of carbon dioxide will cause increase in temperature. This is an observable fact. It has no, nothing to do with whether we did it or who did it or, you know, how it's happening or any of those things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right? So then you create a layer of these things, which are, so first of all, you create a domain, right? You pick, we picked, uh, in this example, we picked climate. So climate, in this climate domain, and the domains may be related to other domains, which obviously everything, you know, it's a, it's a connected world. 
you have axioms. Axioms then lead to what we call insights. Insights are things that you know are proposed as such. They're not observable, but perhaps this is true about the world, right? And again, consensus-driven, vote-driven, you know, open, transparent, on all of that. And on top of this insights-driven world, you have actions that are, you know, projects, real-world projects that can, you know, connect people around whatever that whole chain of, you know, focus is, mm -hmm. right? So. On this structural world, which is fundamentally or not one, but multiple blockchain, because I, I earlier spoke about, you know, the uh, authenticity, veracity and, you know, uh, all those rights and so on of the news uh, supply chain. And now we're talking about the uh, reputation driven, you know, uh, and we're talking about another uh, uh, blockchain, which is the uh, Euclidean model. Right. So uh, the Euclidean model is fundamentally just uh, a, a consensus driven model that lets you tag the world as an interchangeable shifting collection of, now we can call facts, which are then based on what? Based on this, you know, so now the flesh, now we talk about it, you know, in a conversation, like in an article or in some sort of, you know, free flow, you know, place, but we pepper them with appropriate sub-supporting, you know, axiomatic insights, facts, now we can call them. And, you know, for you to be able to argue and understand, you don't have to look far. You can say, wait, why are you saying this? Because of these interconnected, navigable, you know, transparent, you know, ways of understanding this. So it's about how do you create a model that we can, you know, in a conscious way, represent knowledge in, a, in our minds to make it clear that, you know, while I'm reading this unid unidimensional thing that what happened and, you know, et cetera, it's actually connected to a whole bunch of issues. It's not that complicated to navigate this because I can just follow along as I understand more and more and I seek. Mm -hmm. So what is the coin? What's the utility of the coin? What do I do with mm -hmm. this press coin once I have it? Yes, so the other recognition then is that you, know, you can't create uh, an alternate universe by simply trying to change the existing universe. So you have to create an alternate ecosystem, which is not going to be, you know, carved yes. off of, it's not a, it's not a red ocean strategy. You know, a red ocean strategy is everyone's competing for the same attention dollars. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go head on into that. I, I, you know, I would say, for example, do not take Amazon head on, right? Because they set the prices for all commodity products. If you can tell what the price is, Amazon is the cheapest. Okay. So for, you know, so how do you compete in commerce where value is in the eye of the beholder, where you can't compare pricing, which is the entire decentralized world. Our human experience is, is, is priceless. So, you know, peer-to-peer -peer commerce, that's the future, right? And so it is in, in this new world. So we create that alternate universe of seekers that are looking, one in 20 people on, on Facebook, for example, who are not looking there for, who are coming there for news and saying, you know, I'd love to understand what's going on, but wow, I can't, I don't get it, right? Like what's going on, you know? And, and so those seekers, that 5%, one in 20 people, we want to create these new islands of sanity, this reputation-driven, consensus-driven world where, you know, news is clearly tagged with what really are facts and not facts and so on. And it's not about who says what in loud, uh, you know, different colors and capitals and, you know, funny gifs. 
Yeah, there's like you a... Know, so this alternate world, you know, how do you make money? You make money all across the ecosystem. You know, digital advertising is the biggest one. I don't have a problem with it. As long as it's well-intentioned, opt-in, clear, very high CPI, CPAs, by the way. Really expensive because this is a unique audience that is all about seeking commonality and understanding. And I'd say it's probably the, you know, the the the, the new one percent or whatever it is, however you want to call the beginnings of this, of just people that you know want to come together and just sort of figure out this world that we're in. You know, and that ecosystem is a complete copy and replica of the existing ecosystem. But it's on crypto, and the beautiful thing is. With uh, you know unique additions to this whole ecosystem, we're expanding this into the fiat world, because you know crypto is all very nice, but until it goes into the fiat world, it's just going to be a small, tiny microcosm, right? So this has to be you know Steam. It's great, it's wonderful, but it's tiny. My mom's never going to you know ever go to Steam it, yeah, right? So, but she ha but for example, she's interested and she lives in India and she's interested about the elections and so on. She will go to nextelection.com, for example, which is one of the platforms within our economy and you can imagine all the various you know actors that are in that community of you know events when it's a site like next election it's all about elections and politicians and journalists and citizens and you know the elections which are happening now and at the local level and the state level and the you know it's like a yelp for elections mm -hmm. right and political like mixed into it right and so <clears throat> this is a this is an action platform it's completely logged in and moderated. This is not about trolling and like Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's a you. It's a, it's got a clear purpose, you know, because Facebook and Twitter have wonderful, you know, users, but they don't have a specific use case. They're general purpose, which means they have no real purpose, right? They're just there for you know hanging out and like, you know, whatever, right? And so now, with the actual things are happening on actual platforms. And in this, when we say news, it's just a word. It doesn't mean anything anymore. What does news mean to you, right? I mean, it's such a you know complex. So instead of worrying about all this and saying, is it real? Is it not? Is this? The, go back straight to the issues. Elections are issues. Understanding news and communicating with each other and trying to have a real discourse—that's a real thing. Where is the platform for understanding news today? It doesn't yeah. exist, right? So in search intelligence, which is a new platform, and I wish Gunther was here, uh, you know, is that. It's a Euclidean-based, uh, as I mentioned to you, it's all about understanding and, you know, discourse and, you know, peaceful, uh, you know, exchange, which is, you know what, I would like that. So, honestly, it's really not about fighting fake news or fighting anybody. It's simply about going to a new place of, you know, uh, of a purposeful uh, dialogue. Yeah, you've changed my worldview, for sure. There, there's, there's this disconnect between the the pace of technological innovation and the pace of journalism and I, and I like that you're uh, getting readers to assist in the reporting process or interact with reporters I think that changes the whole worldview people are gonna have on news absolutely exactly and you know all of this happens within press coins you know uh, tokens and because we're uh, using a you know interesting exchange and you know this is open again open platform, We'll be able to do this in crypto, so it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're on, you know, uh, reporting with something, you know, out of uh, some part in Africa, or as you're doing in, you know, say a remote part in Mexico where they, you know, or I don't know, you know, if that's a good analogy or not. But uh, you know, it doesn't matter where people are. You can get paid in even local currencies. This is important. 
because you know it has to happen in the real world where people can understand it has to be the uber for you know this economy my mom will get in the car and she'll get out she doesn't understand everything else that's going on right and the drivers will you know just drive and they get paid and so on so that's how it should work that this new economy has to manifest in forms that people can actually assimilate and use and so it has to have crypto and it has to have form that is useful for a specific purpose you can't expect them to change the world on facebook because you can't constructively structurally you know do it tooling is not there mm-hmm. it's not there but it'll be there of course it's sure it's- i'm not yeah and so uh, presscoin will always be in the middle because facebook will and google will and twitter will and you know uh, in in china all the different platforms in japan and you know korea and all the other places in the world we have to build that meta platform the meta universe which brings people together it doesn't matter which platform you're coming from or doesn't matter which country or color or whatever it is yeah so speaking of platforms yes in 10 words or less oh boy can you describe blockchain uh don't count but i'll say just random words <laughs> uh you know um i just say broadly you know distributed uh, ledger publicly auditable you know uh infinitely scalable uh transformational that's yeah that's seven, 110 seven words okay i still have three more huh you still have three <laughs> you want to use it so up you could you could say money money blockchain. money no i'm kidding somebody no no no, 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 no. i love blockchain how's that <laughs> I love blockchain. That's the last three. Okay. We can dig it. No, that's not the last three. Okay, if you really want a, a, an honest answer, I mean, what have we already covered? Public, uh, you know, auditable, uh, okay, decentralized, okay, and in particular uh, commerce and uh, media. Decentralized commerce and media. Those the intersection. Okay, so that's the that's that's my 10 words, by the way. Okay. Okay. So you can now, you know, I can I can either pause or I can keep blabbering on. We we'll put this <laughs> Well, so, uh, before we before we wrap, I do want to say Presscoin is it's unique and it's unique in the sense that uh, they're able to accept fiat money for tokens while still legally being able to comply with ICO regulations, which I haven't seen before. So that's really awesome, and um, we encourage everybody to. Well, we are there are no regulations, right? But we are complying with all the things that we believe, you know, that uh, you know should be done in this world. I mean, you're raising public money. Sure. Sure. You know, so, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't care what you call a utility or this or that. I mean, you're raising public money, and it's going to be used for, you know, funding what you're doing. Agree. Well said. Amit. Well, thank you for for stopping by, uh, the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, it's this been an eye opening conversation. I hope that Presscoin can solve this problem with fake news and with building a consensus around facts. Yeah, our Because goal is, you know, 5% we desperately of, need uh, it. Especially yeah. when like I mean, if you turn on the news for like 15 minutes it's a hot nope. After 15 <laughs> minutes it's like nope, not listening to this shit. I got I, yeah. I can't take it anymore. So I I you know, I, I'm definitely behind the cause and I hope you guys can get it done. Yep. That's uh that's the that's the goal. All right. Make sure you guys come back. Uh hopefully we get to meet uh Gunther and the rest of the team on the second go around you the door is always open thank you and this has been a pleasure hey everybody
I uh, hope you enjoy. Oh, wait. And that was the interview uh, with uh, Jethro Jameson uh, from Press Coin. Gunther? And Gunther? That's correct. That is correct. Gunther Summerfield. Got it. Sonnenfeld. Oh. Gunther Sonnenfeld. That's why Preeti didn't give us the retweet. Well, you that's probably because we're like recording this roundtable before we've done actually done the interview, so that that works oh, out. Come on, Corey! Like, Why do you keep the, taking the, the, the majesty out of this yeah. process? Real talk. Jello put so much work into the majesty of it. Real you talk. Just it Real every talk. Time. Everyone needs to know what we're doing here. Corey doesn't know shit about how we make this show. <laughs> Anyways, that was the interview. We hope you enjoyed it. We're back for the post interview. Rigamaro. Oh, Ace, you got anything else on your mind you want to bring up? No. Go ahead. Uh, No. You know, just, uh, you know what? I do. I shouldn't have said I hate this community. I just love it so much that I get so pissed off at it and I want it to be better. Okay. That sounds like some like Twitter philosophy couch stuff. Like you just went to like a ther- like a therapist, and you just explain <laughs> after a rant. You're like, you know what? I was wrong. <laughs> it's hard to stay mad with prices like these, man. <laughs> See, I just picture that was it Woody Harrelson in that zombie movie where he's like wiping his face with the one dollar bills. This brings yeah. up this this brings up something interesting in me in my opinion. Would anybody care so much about a technology that could possibly change the world if it wasn't so intrinsically attached to money? No. 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 That's an easy no. That's right. a hard. Wait, wait. Nuclear weapons. Or Yeah, yeah, that's a fair okay. Yeah. That's a fair like, because from that, you also got like a lot of mundane things that we just don't think about, like microwave ovens and like fertilizer, submarines, like, submarines, and you know, how yeah. do submarines fit into that category? Most they submarines are powered by nuclear nuclear power. No, but I mean, it's not mundane. A submarine yeah, they made U five seven one, the hunt for Red October. They got their due. Yeah, you know, I use a microwave every day, and I feel like if I had, if I didn't have one, if I just was living in the house or moved to an apartment, and then I was like, well, you know, it's my first apartment, I need to get some stuff. I think one to at the top of that list, like at least top five, would be I need to get a microwave. I don't have a microwave. Toaster oven, interesting. I don't use a yeah. microwave. Toaster ovens are fire. Toaster ovens are fire. But you're right. There's a lot of things that eventually come from a technology that people care about that yeah. are that will be mundane that'll just be a part of life that you just makes makes your life better or more convenient or easier but like you like how much of the care in this space is just because it potentially allows people to retire a little bit early or pay all of it a lot of it I mean, look, uh, don't you think Elon Musk's Tesla Gigafactory would be a lot more sexy if we could profit from it? Yes. Yeah. And now we can hook it up to a bunch of miners. Boom. Dude, that's a, that's a losing business. Everyone's moving to proof of stake. 
I don't think everyone's going to move to proof of stake. Once it's been proven, I mean, they will. I mean, Bitcoin won't because Bitcoin doesn't move anywhere, like technology-wise. Bitcoin does nothing, and people love it. Segwit comes out, everyone gets excited for a week, and no one's using it. Because I think what happened, Corey, honestly, I think Segwit came out, and everyone got really pumped, and only a few people really know how the tech works. So they were like, yeah, I'm going to update my wallet, Segwit, awesome. And then nobody else did. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just send transactions to myself. Well, that's that's it's, it's a that's a indicator of how the space moves, right? Like how how low level these technology upgrades are, is that people can't take advantage of them until the developers build something that use them that allows people to take advantage of them. That's how the mm-hmm. space moves. You don't get to use the new tech until the developers who understand it build something that allows you to use the new tech period Mm -hmm. and that's why these new coins are so big is because they hopefully will be using new tech that allows the utility to be better than what it is on bitcoin that's what that's why people are throwing money at all these things because there's a potential that it's going to end up being surpassing the utility of what bitcoin currently offers no people are throwing money at it because there's a potential that the price is going to skyrocket. Uh, that's a, and they're going to that's a legitimate argument too. But I mean, I, like I, speculation I mean, is speculation. Yeah, but and I just feel like so much of this in- industry is driven by speculation, as opposed to people actually, you know, caring. I like, you know just sincerely caring about what the technology is going to bring to them. How is it going to make their lives just a little easier? I'll tell you this or, much. Say I was a I was a developer who created a cryptocurrency that offered or promised to offer some potential technology. And then um billions of dollars flowed into my project. That would make me that I, I would be miserable. I'd be I would be miserable because I would feel no. as though I'd have to spend the rest every waking moment making sure that I've made good on the promises that I'd done. And you know, I actually feel the same way. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure most people feel that way, or everyone feels that way. I'm telling you how I would feel as like someone who makes promises. Like, yeah. So, and I hope that there's a good amount of people who are doing projects that do feel that way because you you immediately gain the burden of responsibility when people legitimize what you said you're going to do but haven't done it yet. Yeah, and I think it works sort of both ways for me. So when Jared gave me the SGT and, you know, I took it, but I remember when S&T first started hitting exchanges and I start and I looked at, you know, the worth of that. And I remember feeling just a little sick because I felt like, you know what, I just got this money that I did not earn. And it was just getting to me. Why do you feel like you didn't earn it? You did a thing and he paid you for the thing. I didn't do anything. I asked questions and I download I tried to do something. Like I didn't know closure. Mm-hmm. So status uh the status app is written in closure. So here I am looking at all this list, thinking, holy fuck, what's going on here? And in the meantime, I'm not really getting anything done. So, you know, eventually I just kind of walked away from it. But, you know, S&T hits the exchanges and suddenly, oh, this guy just gave me lots and lots of money. And I felt, yeah. like, I felt like I didn't earn it. I'll take mm. it. 
That's what I'll take. I'll take it. I'll take it off your hands. Hey, Chella will gladly bear that burden if you don't want to handle no. it. No, I, I'm, I'm cool. Like, you know, it's my burden to bear. <laughs> hey, it's my shoulders. My I'm, I'm here to share it with you, brother. <laughs> Let me know. But it, I do feel like there's so much money flowing in, and sometimes I just want to feel like I've earned it. Like, you know, I did a thing, and it's tangible. And I feel like if I were to have an ICO and I was to get hundreds of million dollars of dollars, hell, even like hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to like get my project off the ground. I'd, I'd be worried a little because I want to deliver on my promises. That any good person would, it's the bad people that won't. And it's also the bad people. Some of them, some of them will get caught and some of them won't. And on the opposite end of that coin, there's a lot of great projects out, out there. Some of them will get funded and some of them won't. I mean, nothing's, gonna change that ever but true i've okay. said it from Corey disagrees with me and i don't think cello doesn't or does it doesn't disagree with me but there's only ever on the planet 50 percent good and 50 percent bad people totally equal right down the middle that's a retarded and statement you're, just, you're swimming in it i don't think it's retarded because i am mentally capable <laughs> my friend i really don't think does that make retarded. you one of the good people or one of the bad people sorry I'm, I'm sticking on that one. That's that's just a. That means two people in here. Two people on this on this that's call. That's a retarded. It's a retarded thing to say. It's not <laughs> retarded. It's there's there's good people and bad people, and the best you can ever hope for is that it's fifty fifty. It's not so black and white as if it, as with all things. Everyone uh, has me, a little sir? bit of everything. No I'm kidding. Uh, you can, you yeah, can say excuse why? me all you want. We got a half black, half white dude in the channel. So wait, are we straight fifty fifty right now? No, no. Nope. Cello, you're you're no. 50 50, so I think we're what, a little over. A little over no, half. I'm saying there's but, four people in here. That means two people in here are assholes. Where'd he go? Oh, Lace is back. Look, all I'm saying is, Corey, there's 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 no way it can be either either way. It's not like totally evil or totally good. It's impossible. What? I'm saying that yeah. like there's 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 it's a it's so granular, right? There's a lot of people that have good intentions that would love to do something but aren't aren't mentally capable. There's a lot yeah. of people that are capable but have bad intentions. There's a lot of people that can do that that are have good intentions and are capable. And then there's just like the, the poor schmucks that have bad intentions and aren't capable of anything. Like there's you can there's so many directions in which you can go and because this technology is so complicated, it makes it even worse. It's so multidisciplinary. You have to know so many different types of things that standard education would never get you. In order to do make a project successful, you have to have a fantastic team of many capable people who are also like morally aligned to do the right thing. I because, agree with you. And so like what are the odds of that? Their odds are very slim and I agree with you, but you have to agree with me that the odds on the the very opposite end of the spectrum, there's fuck coin with a team of fuck offs making a stupid ass coin, making stupid money and spinning the shit out of it. Yeah, well, Doge, Doge coin. Doge, all those guys aren't completely evil. They're just somewhere no, they're not, near the they're not evil. mark. Whatever happened to Kanye coin? No, coin yay. Got sued out of existence, I think. But fuck coin's a real thing. There's someone in our Slack that's holding Doge. 
so we can't disrespect them. I have Doge. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're not like actively holding though. It's just there, and you're like, that's no, that's not my breadwinner. It's there because yeah, I yeah. had a bunch a long time ago. <laughs> you mined them for fun. I remember that. I had some I for fun. That. I had over a million Doge at some point. Yeah, just for just because. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, this is the best. My my boss actually wants to have fuck coins so he can hand out fucks to the team as we yes. ask him questions. So, my boss doesn't talk about crypto at all. Because he probably has to talk about it every week in a business meeting and he's tired of talking about it. No. um, Or she. Could be she. I don't don't know how. I mean, I work for this bank. I'm not going to, you know, just put it on less, but I kind of don't know how it works for (laughs) anybody. <laughs> that's the whole irony in all of this shit is that like no one even fucking knows how banks work so why you get so pissed that you don't know how bitcoin works just buy the shit and shut the fuck up like <laughs> oh dude did you see uh somebody got arrested he was he made like lots of money selling chuck e cheese coins. no that was fake that was 100 that was 100 i wanted that to be real you oh, wanted, it, wanted to it to be real. We all wanted it to be real, but it was fake. One hundred percent fake. Why can't I trust the news anymore? I can't trust anybody. I can't trust anything. Hey, theme of today's show: press coin. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. All right, well, let's wrap. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. So, um, we do lots of things that's on the internet. Uh, one of the most things that we're one of the things we're most proud of lately is we got on Spotify. Uh, so if you have friends that are too lazy to use podcast apps, um, which is a lot of people, if they have Spotify, just say, hey, you should listen to this show on Spotify called the Bitcoin Podcast. Tell them just like that. It'll grab their attention. Um, what else do we do? Corey writes blogs halfway and then finishes them right. about a month later. I have started a new series that I think I will actually <laughs> stick to. Um, I'm tired of people asking me about new coins. And so I'm kind of like gathering the ones that get the most interest on people who ask me. And I'm going to write a cursory viewpoint of what the coin is and what pros and cons it may have based on how I like read their website, the white paper and stuff. It should only take me a few hours to actually write. And I don't have to put as much effort into the into them. What's it going to call the blog? The blog? That was a weird way. To it's ask. called. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got you. It's called uh, Petty. A petty crypto review. Okay. Why don't We're you just call a pet? Why isn't it just a petty review? Because I could a petty review anything. I'm I'm specific specifically and, looking at crypto. And Shelmo, like, are you going to name your agree. series Coin Ch- Coin Chardo, Like I told you to. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> I I like what's his name said. My it's not my fault or that was Cello. It doesn't yeah. matter what he said. Yeah. I said Coin Chardo. Because, because his name is Chomo. I, I think I think there's some merit to that, Chomo. By the way, well, there was it, there's that rap song. Uh, uh, it's not my fault. I think by Mystical. It ain't my fault. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't get your shit together. It ain't my fault. It ain't my fault. Did I? I get it now. All right. Um, there you go. <laughs> if you would like to continue this conversation and be a part of the ridiculous that is the Bitcoin podcast, join the Slack. Our link 
and the website actually works now for the longest time it didn't so if you tried earlier and it didn't work out <laughs> try it people again like, we've fixed it now. yeah people yeah. are actually joining uh and you can join us on the conversation elias is there we're always there there's a lot of other people and a lot of channels to talk about both crypto rap songs press coin video games we video love video games, games too yeah. You name it. Just come come talk to us. Yeah, man. You'll love it in here. And you'll end up on the show one day, too. And spend Just some time talking us. to us, and you can be on the show. Yep. Um, let's see. The BitcoinPodcast.com, the BlockchainPodcast.com, the EtherianPodcast.net, the EtherianPodcast.org. You can find us there. <laughs> we have a lot of we have a lot of URLs that we are camped on. So if you if you want them, you can open up them pockets. <laughs> we'll give it to you. Um, what else do we do? I think Elias has been eating French fries Elias. for the past hour. <laughs> One like, French fry. I don't I don't know how your French fries last so long, but they don't. They're cold now. But I'm hungry. <laughs> um, Elias, you got anything you want to plug? Um. Do I want to plug? Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. Still working on that novel. <laughs> <laughs> when you finish it, you know where to plug it. So I, I don't know if I plug it here. I don't know if this is the audience. Nah, man. People that listen to our show love books. We got data. Okay. Oh. Well, <laughs> if you are interested in one day reading a book where the Grand Wizard of the KKK is an actual wizard... At me. That's your actual idea? I thought you were joking. Wait, does he yeah. also play for the Washington Wizards? Because that would be pretty cool, too. No. <laughs> no. He is a wizard, and his magic, he fuels his magic by killing black people, and he calls it necromancy. I'm just wrong hey, with it. Hey, but just, say that- just think about it, though. Like, What if the Grandmaster was super racist and his teammates were black, but they didn't kick him off the team because he's so good, so they had to put up with his racism? Not bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's very much in the theme of what I'm writing. <laughs> like, damn, this Grandmaster... Okay, can we clear the air here for... We lamp. don't have a video <laughs> podcast, so Elias is black. All right, this is not what, so if you got really offended out of the blue because we mentioned KKK. Just think about the context before you rage quit. Or Merry Christmas, sleep. everybody. Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas. And this is dropping on Christmas, right? Like, Christmas, yeah, around Christmas Eve, Christmas. Happy holidays, wait. everybody. Yeah, especially Christmas you, Zoe. Eve. It's been a great year. Giving you shout outs every week, Zoe. So one of these just gonna throw out there that you might want to be careful, man. This isn't the time to be creeping on nobody. I'm not creeping (laughs) on her. I'm just giving her a shout out because she's an amazing Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um (laughs) I take back all one hundred and (laughs) twenty shout outs that I've given Zoe Saltanya uh over the years. Over so anyways, uh anything else, guys? Let's close it. Close it. Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa to you, lovely people. Uh, play. You want to say that part, Elias? Hell no. Go All ahead. right, play. Play. This is the first time anyone is. <laughs> oh, wow.
That's how you're in 2017. Welcome to the inaugural show of It's Not My Fault. Hey, I'm your first host, Marcello. The name of the show is called It's Not My Fault. It's a clever way to say, hey man, every week I'm going to tell you what altcoins I think you should invest in. And if you lose all your money, hey, it's not my fault. Alright, so let's get into it. What up, guys? First thing we're gonna look at is this thing called Metal Pay. It's gone up 20%. Uh! Should you buy it? Yup! But if you buy it, Metal Pay becomes Metal Say. It ain't my fault. Cause I can't be blamed. Next, BitBay. BitBay is down 8%. BitBay is a piece of shit. Next, Funfair. Funfair is up 15%. But, I mean, they should just call it fair. I mean, who goes to a fair and doesn't have fun? It's implied. I don't tell my friends I'm going to a sleepy movie, which is a movie that's boring and you fall asleep. You just say, I'm going to a movie. And then afterwards, you're like, that movie was boring. Nah, I mean, uh, but also, basic attention token. Should you invest in that? Nah, man, it's down 2%. You don't have my attention anymore. Next, Power Ledger. That's down 5%. Maybe they should, like solar energize some profits next uh binance coin that's like a gimmicky coin that you buy to get percentages off buying other stuff on binance and uh it's down next salt mm. 
every time I think of salt, I think of Angelina Jolina. Angelina. Angelina Jolie. And, yeah. And you know that movie where she has the gun? And she can throw curveballs by, like, twisting her wrist. Anyway, it's up 18%. You should buy that. You should buy the Blu-ray of Salt. The, the, the picture quality is really good. Alright, status token is down 2%. But you should buy that. Because I sat behind the owner of status at DevCon. And it's pretty cool to buy a token that was created by someone that you've seen in real life. I, I don't know how that helps you, but... Next! Uh, Dogecoin. Dogecoin is up 5%. You should buy that. What's next? Um, waves is making waves with their 1% increase. Not. I'm trying to make some cash. Uh, Verge. Verge is number 21 on coin market cap, but they're down 19%. So if you invested a lot in that, you're probably on the verge of depression right now. Am I right? Ha! Uh, Cordano. There's a lot of YouTube videos of a bunch of Armenian teens with Ferraris in the garage telling you to invest in it. <sighs> what do I think? Yeah, you should invest in it. Ripple. Up 45%. God damn invest. But if it plummets, hey, it's not my fault. Hey guys, if you liked what you just heard, feel free to donate to the show. That Bitcoin address is 1-G-U-I-D-R-B-B-F-N-Z-A-Y-J-B-X-Z-K-3-A-Q-W-R-T-R-X-S-E-P-R-R-Q-B-G. Once again, that Bitcoin address is 1-G-U-I-D-R-B-B-F-N-Z-A-Y-J-B-X-Z-K-3-A-Q-W-R-T-R-X-S-B-P-R-R-Q-B-G. And uh, if you get one of those letters wrong, I won't get it. So, just... Rewind this back a couple couple seconds and hear it again if you need to. Alright, thanks a lot. I'm out of here.